Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. There it is. Well, good morning, Gateway. Y'all excited? All right, good, because uh, we are going to have a great time being together uh, this morning, uh, searching God's Word and uh, talking about this marriage series. So, first off, I need to know something in the house. How many of you in the house are note takers? Okay, we have a few. So, I want you to take out your little sheet, your little note sheet right now, okay? It's a little, th- a little insert. You got it? You got your insert? All right, I want you to see that there are two verses that are on that, uh, that top part. I want you to understand that Randy and I are not alike. Okay? You won't have any fill in the blanks today. But what I need you to do is I need you to take that note sheet and I need you to take it and turn it over. Because those two verses are going to absolutely not be anywhere in this sermon today. Yeah, that's what happened this week. So I wrote, and Mickey goes, I need something on Wednesday. And then I said, here you go. And Friday morning at 5.30, 6 o'clock, man, it was like, okay, that's gone. Bye. See ya. So that doesn't matter. I don't want to see anybody turn it back over. You can use those two verses of Scripture. They're really good, uh, but not for today, okay? So we good? We clear on that one? Okay, so, so that's on the note part. The second part uh, that I realized that when we sat together as the staff and we talked about the marriage series and we talked about what you, me, we was going to look like. So we get to the, you know, here's what we're going to do and we're talking, it's Randy and Robert and I and Robert's like, yeah, I can do the opening. I'm like, oh, I got the middle and we'll let Randy come in and you know, at the end. And then I started going, why in the world did I take the middle? If you, do I have any middle children in the room? Any middle children in the room? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was a baby, and so I was a baby that had two older sisters, so I was amazing in my home because I was the only boy. So if you are a middle child in this room, That is your birth order. I have a gift card to Starbucks, 10 bucks to the very first middle child that wants a gift because they're a middle child. Because I know that, just come get it. All you have to do is just walk up and take it. Because I know not very many middle children, (laughs) not many middle children get a gift, if you know what I mean. So I'm thinking in my head, what am I doing, doing this talk in the middle of this series? And then I began to realize that God has a purpose and a plan for all things. And he knew what he was doing when he gave me the opportunity to do this part of the marriage series. So last week, Robert started us off, and he talked about the you part of the relationship And that you is the relationship that God, God designed marriage. He had a vision. He had a thought 
about this. This was not just something he threw together. It was not something he just, not, yeah, that looks like good idea. No, it was all planned out. It was in the plan. And so with that, we have a talk last week that showed us this vision that God had, the purpose that God had for marriage. And I want to go back to something that Robert had, Robert had as a quote last week. And it's this quote. Marriage at creation is a metaphor. It is a symbol. It's a walking, living object lesson of how much God loves us and how we are to be in relationship with him. Marriage is a model of a profound spiritual truth. So I look at that quote and I, and I see that he brought that up and then that took me to the idea of the, the passage of scripture that I always do uh, with couples that I'm doing a marriage with, Ephesians 5, 22 through 28, and I never read this part to them, but I want to read it to you first, and then I want to read to you what 5, 22, and 28 says, and I'm going to have to have these, and I'm sorry, I was trying not to, and I looked down, and I realized there was just a jumbled mess of letters down there, and it's just not happening. So Paul says in verse 32, chapter 5 of Ephesians, he says this, this is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. You see, marriage is a mystery, but when Paul speaks to wives and he tells them to be submissive, oh, I'll read it to you in a second, and I want you to think in terms of not just the wife with the husband, but to the church and what the setup was for marriage. And that for husbands, you got a part in this too, that you're to love your wives. Let's look at that verse of scripture, and then we'll come back to that thought that he says in verse 32, just real quick, when he talks about it being a profound mystery. So here it is, wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> okay, so that's to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Mm. For, the, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. Mm, kind of tough. You know, women, I know it's hard, but look at it in the context of the church. Husbands, you're not, cannot be dismissive in this. Husbands, love your wives. Why? Just, or how? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Let's go back to verse 32. This is the profound mystery about marriage, but I am talking about Christ and the church. You see the passage of scripture, we utilize it as we do marriages. Many, many ministers do it. But it's not about just the wives and the husbands and what they're to do. It's about the relationship that we have in this life, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. This last week, I was, uh, I was at a conference. Uh, I was at the Orange Conference. Uh, and if, that really wasn't necessary because in your head, you're thinking, you know, a, a color orange. But this is that ugly, nasty-looking Tennessee volunteer orange, you know, the one that I'm talking about. 
And that's the Orange Conference, and it's about, you know, this, this plan, how we do ministry. And so we're there, and this group is there, and they're leading us in praise and worship. And it's a, and it's a group that, man, they are into this song, and it's uh, Great Are You, Lord. Y'all know the song? You know, it's your breath that we sing. Oh, that's enough. That was enough. So, um, so they're singing this song, and I mean, the whole, it's 5,000, 6,000 people. They're singing Great Are You, Lord, and I'm like, I'm hearing it, and I'm like, washing in the words and I'm hearing and all of a sudden I pull out my phone don't ask why it's just the way I think sometimes it's the way just things happen and if I don't do them right then I'm going to lose that thought and so this thought comes into my head and I'm like man I got to write this down and here it comes and I want to share this with you because this doesn't happen very often thoughts in my head that I write down okay so (laughs) Christian marriages should be modeling healthy relationships for the world to see. Since marriage is the most visible representation of God's relationship to mankind, we as Christians should see our lives as the bride of Christ, pure and spotless, living every day, preparing ourselves for our heavenly union with Jesus as our bridegroom. We have a responsibility to show the world how to love one another because Christ loves us and we should model that daily ask this question what does love require of me today if you are not married you are not exempt from hearing that you need to model Christ and love others as Christ loved the church and do so in every relationship Today's talk, the me part of this, is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this is about today. And if you are here in this room and you're not married, this this talk is for you as well. This is for you to hear that you have a responsibility in your relationships to model Jesus Christ. So the other thing that Robert did for us last week is that he introduced at the end of his talk this idea, not an idea, but something that actually took place. Sin entered into the world. And the marriage relationship that God had created in this time with Adam and Eve became skewed. It became broken. Because sin had entered into the picture. And it really has caused a lot of problems. And so the relationship that God had intended for mankind and him was broken. Let's look at Romans 5.12. Because of Adam's sin, according, because of Adam's sin, according to Romans 5.12, and here we go. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sin. Romans 5.13 in the message says this, that sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. Paul also writes in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And again, in Romans 6.23, he says, For the wages of sin is death. 
So last week I was thinking about what I was going to do on this talk, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and we got to talking about what are the struggles in marriage relationship? What are the things that, when you think about that, that are the things that just come to your mind that are the, the issues and the problems to your marriage? I have his answer right here. And I'm going to tell you this right now. It was something I already was feeling. It was something that I was already probably even experiencing. But when I read these words that he had written, that I had asked about his relationship, his marriage relationship, and the struggles therein, he wrote this. At the top of the card, he put one word. He put the word pride. Pride has been a problem in my life for a while and a huge problem in our marriage. Being right has always been important to me. I struggle in releasing this pride and because so consume with my own pride and not submit. Give it up to God, my wife. Realizing that in relationship, being prideful puts up barriers between Christ and myself and my wife and my family. When I read that, <laughs> that's it. We have a broken relationship with Jesus Christ. And that broken relationship with him, because of sin entering in the world, is a problem. And what we've got to figure out is how do I write that relationship with Jesus Christ? So where does that leave us today? The me part. It's about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to read to you a statement by Alistair Begg, and it goes like this. When you think about relationships, our relationship with God must come first. And unless we have a viable, vibrant, alive relationship with Christ, practicing the presence of God in our lives, reading his word, making it the meditation of our own hearts, and sharing it regularly, then we really should go no further than that in terms of developing relationships because it is in direct relationship with Christ that everything falls in line. You see, if your relationship with God is not right, then how can the other relationships with others be what they were meant to be as well. We're gonna, we're gonna leave that up for just a moment. If you're married, you're single, you're divorced, you're widowed, you're a teen, you're a child, you're in this room, you're not exempt from hearing this message today. Because it's not really at the first for, forefront a, marriage, a message about marriage. It's about our relationship with Jesus Christ and our need to, to write that relationship. 
And I'm sure there's some of you that when you saw that we were doing a marriage series and you thought, you know, I'm going to dutifully go and I'm just going to go and I'm going to, I'm just going to go. And I, you, some of you have already shut down. Some of you have already closed off your ears. Some of you are trying to figure about the next cup of coffee. Some of you actually opened up your phone and looked at Facebook and trying to figure out, oh, what's my friend doing on Facebook? And you're not even here. If that's you, you need to come back for just a moment. Because what I have to say to you is not about the married couples in this room. It's about you. And it's about me. And it's about how our skewed relationships are there. Because why? Sin has entered in. And it affects everything and everyone. Before I completely lose all of my single folks in the room, I want to read to you a quotation from John Stott. Some of you know who John Stott is. He's a famous Christian author, but he's also single. And he writes this. What about us, us singles? We must learn to accept the Bible's teaching, however hard it may seem, as being God's purpose for us and for society. We shall not become a bundle of frustrations and an inhibition if we embrace God's standard, but only if we rebel against it. Christ's yoke is easy, provided we submit to it. It is possible for human sexual energy to be redirected both into affectionate relationships with friends of both sexes and into the loving service of others, alongside a natural loneliness accompanied sometimes by acute pain. We can find joyful self-fulfillment in the self-giving service of God and others. So, so if you're single and you're going, well, this message doesn't apply to me, then, then the, the place that you're in is that you need to be thinking about what is my place in this world as a single who is here and how can it effectively be a relationship that is self-fulfilling and self-giving to not only others, but to God? Are my singles back? Go back with me for a moment. Let's get back to the other passages we read just a little while ago. When we read uh, Romans 5.12, uh, there's a... There's a piece in there, and he comes back, and Paul's very good about presenting this picture uh, of the Scripture, and then there's always this thing at the end. And, and it, when I was involved with Young Life, we would always read these Scriptures like Romans 3.23, and you know, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, and we would say Romans 6.23, and we would say, uh, for the wages of sin is death, and we would go, see you next week. And we'd walk off. Kids are going, What? Wages of sin is death. All upon what? What's the good? And then we're like, mm, come back next week. <laughs> so I'm done. Come back next week. We'll see you later. No. So Paul, he takes these verses of Scripture. And he gives you, and I gave you the first part of them. But in Romans 5.12, he says this. A little later on in verse 17, he says this. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 continues on to say, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and he says this, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Redemption, that's kind of one of those words, you know, like what is redemption? It's a form of redeem, I'll give you that. How many of you have ever been to Mr. Gaddy's and played the games at Mr. Gaddy's? Come on. I know. It's embarrassing to have to raise your hand and say that you've actually been there and done that. So you play the games, you get excited, put in your coins. What do you get when you win something? Tickets. And you know, you know this is you when that one person over there hits the jackpot and they're like, ding, 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 ding. And you're like, oh, I'm just at the game. I only got 130 tickets. He's got 790. So you have to take your 130 tickets. This is what I'm giving you a definition of redemption, okay? So you take your tickets and you go up to the little counter and you look for that prize. And in our family, it was always the child picking out the toy that went, so over the next couple of days, all you would hear in the house was, oh my gosh, I'm never going to Mr. Gaddy's again and I'm never letting them play games because I don't want to hear ever again in my home. But we have redeemed our tickets for the prize. Your sin has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let me say that again. Because I don't think you heard that. Your sin, who you are, all the stuff that is causing you in your relationships to be skewed with one another and be skewed in your relationship with God, who that is and all that that is has been redeemed by what? The blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ has brought redemption to us through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm just telling you right now, that's good news. So you can, yeah. Let's look at verse 623 in continuation from the wages of sin is death, Paul says. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go back to the Alistair Begg quote real quick. I don't want to read this to you again because I think it'll help us see where we are. When you think about relationships, our relationship with God must come first. And unless we have a viable, vibrant, alive relationship with Christ, practicing the presence of God in our lives, reading his word, making it the meditation of our own hearts, and sharing it regularly, then we really should go no further than that in terms of developing relationships because it is in direct relationship with Christ that Everything falls in line.
We have a broken world. We, we have sin that has entered in. And the relationship with God has been broken because of this sin. And Jesus Christ has come and he has paid the price through his death so that our sin can be redeemed. So before we go any further, today for each and every one of us, and in whatever way that is, needs to be a day of repentance. Today. To go no further. To think about our place in our relationship with God. To humble ourselves before Him. That's what today is about. If you are in here in this room, and I know this is many of you, you are, you are hurting, you have and are dealing with death of a family member or a friend, you've lost a job, you've, you've struggled with disease, you have rebellious teenagers, you have rebellious children. It's all broken. Today is the day that we get a chance to turn back to him and allow him to take ownership of our lives. So for believers in the room today, and when I say believers, I mean you have said Yes to Jesus. You have said, I have asked Jesus Christ in my heart. He is living inside of me. He is my Lord and Savior. He is my everything. When I wake up in the morning, I want to know him. I want to get to know him better. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe he died on the cross. I believe all those things. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he returned back. to You believe it. You're a believer. That's you today. If that's you today, then I have a verse of scripture for you. Because if today is a day of repentance, if today is a day when we take our stuff to God and we say, no more, you get it, and allow him to take ownership of it, then this is the verse of scripture for you. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You understand that when you speak to God, he listens. And you know that when he listens to you, he is ready and able to heal your land. To heal you of whatever it is that is causing you to be separated from him. And right now, in that moment of repentance, you've got to allow God to have ownership of your life before you can move forward. To my friends that are in the room, to those of you that have said, you know what, nah, nice, come in here with a friend, nice idea. Don't get this God thing. All right, been there before. I've faced many teenagers before, said the same thing. I get it. But you know what I did? 
every day as a young life leader, I'd show up in this exact same parking lot and sit there and show up and tell kids I love them and say, look, I know that you know that I love you and you know that God loves you because you know that I'm not capable of loving, but I love you. And I want you to know him like I know him. So for my fence sitters, for my no way I'm ever gonna go down that path, I wanna tell you the gospel is simple. Being a Christian is a profound mystery. It is complex, but to know him, to be in relationship with him, it is simple. Romans 10, nine, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's what we're gonna do right now. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you as my friends. And I'm gonna allow you to pray for your relationship with God. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for this moment. I pray that this is a moment in which you are present. I know your spirit is here. I know it is engulfing this place. And Lord, I just pray for each and every one of my friends that are in the room. I pray for those that are and have said yes to you. Lord, I just pray that they would come to this moment wherever they are coming from and they will give you ownership of their lives in this very moment and from this moment on will seek your face and you, because you hear us, will heal their land. And Father, for those that are here and that don't know you, Lord, the simplicity of knowing you is that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So my brothers and sisters that don't know you, God, I pray that their hearts would be turned to you right now and they would come into relationship with you for the very first time and their lives would be changed forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My hope today, my prayer has been that somewhere this next week, because you made a decision to give God the ownership of your life. The people in this community, not for gateway's sake, not for anything else other than you or me, but for the community, for God's sake. People in this community would go, did you hear what happened at Gateway this last week? Oh my gosh. That person that goes there is completely transformed. I have no idea what was said. Unbelievable. That person is showing me a completely different deal. That's my hope for us today. So here's what's going to happen today. We're going to have some prayer couples, some married couples down in front to pray. If you are struggling, if you are in a great place in your relationship, never hurts to have somebody pray for you. If you have said yes to Jesus for the first time today and you're in here, you need to let somebody know that you've made that decision to follow him. We'll have people down front that can be able to speak to you about that. So I see that the doors are opened up. The, the, the memo of the people who are doing the greeting did not get the memo that I was not done with this. So hang on. Don't start walking out because I got a story for you. And my story today 
Because I've spent every time, all my time. But by the way, did, did the singles and those that aren't married, did y'all feel included today? Did you hear from the Lord today? Okay, we're good? Okay, all right. So what I'm going to ask of you is to hold on just a moment because now I'm speaking to the married couples. What's up, Mike Jones? I want to tell you a story. A couple I know. When they dated, they, uh, they had some struggles when they started, this couple. They were personal issues, mostly with the guy, uh, which is typical. They worked it out, got engaged. But here's what that couple did. They sought God, they prayed, they forgave, and they loved. So they get married, this couple. And like most wedding days, it's beautiful. Perfect day. Couldn't have been better. Amazing. Then the honeymoon was even better. Honeymoon period ended. After about a year, this couple, they looked at each other and they go, uh, I don't think I know who you were a year ago when we got married. Quirks, personal issues, they all rose up. Things about them, they began to deal with things. But they sought God. They prayed. And they loved. So they got their first child, a dog. Because that's what you do in preparation of having a family. You got to get a pet of some sort. So they got their first dog. They moved to a new city. Got a new job. Had their first child. And all of it, they sought God. They prayed. They rejoiced. And they loved. Guy gets good job. He's doing good. Things will be going great. More kids come. Family's growing. All of a sudden, in the midst of all that, he loses his job. With no prospects of anything out in front in the future, stress comes to, the fa- comes to the house. He breaks down. He doesn't know what to do. He is he's beside himself. But in that moment, they sought God. They prayed. They encouraged. And they loved. Then a new move came, and they moved to a whole new city. And this was their Sixth house in seven years. Financial struggles were always a problem, was an issue. But God always provided. Why? Because they sought God. They prayed. They trusted him. And they loved. So they moved to the new city. Kids are getting bigger. Teenage years come for this couple. There's a lot of stress. I mean, it's the teenage years. A lot of stress. Kids aren't perfect. They've got problems. They've got issues. They're they're dealing with stuff. But they sought God. They prayed. And they loved. Oh, I could go on and I could tell you more about this couple 
And I could tell you all the struggles that they went through over the 23 years of marriage and where they are today. And I could tell you a, a whole lot more things, but I can tell you this, and I want to encourage you, if you are a married couple in here today and you are struggling in your marriage and it's something that you feel like you're at the ro- you're end of your rope, I want to share with you this, the same thing that that couple did, if you will do those things, if you will seek God, if you will pray, if you will encourage, if you will trust him, if you will love God and love each other. Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. If you will do that, I guarantee you, your marriage can survive. Be interesting to see what this couple looks like, don't you think? Lucky for you, I've got a picture. (laughs) Got a song that we'd like to share with you. And I think this sums up a lot of today for marriages that are in this room and relationships with one another. God wants our lives to be whole and complete. He wants our relationships to be the best that they can be. And to do that, it starts with you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Watch this video and hear this song and let it be a blessing to you and yours today. You can 
Just be broken together. And if you bring your shadow dreams, and I'll bring mine, your healing still be spoken and save us. The only way will last forever. It's broken together. didn't do this in the first service, but I want to leave you with uh, application practical tips. I want to leave you with some verses of scripture that if you were a couple here, and uh, it would be great for you to kind of look at these. I don't know if we have them on the screen. I, I'm not sure if they're there or not, but uh, you can write these down. Philippians uh, 2, 1 through 11. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Ephesians uh, 4, 25 through 32. And Ephesians 5, one and two. Just some practical applications as you go away as couples to kind of look at some scripture that might help you uh, in your relationship with one another. Uh, we'll have our prayer team down here in front. Uh, we'll have some married couples. If you are struggling or if your marriage is in great shape and you just want somebody to pray for you, come on front. And if you have made a decision to follow Jesus today, we really need to make that public at some point in your life. And today would be a great day to do that. So we're going to do that, and I'll be out front if you uh, want to come say hi. And thank you all for being here today at Gateway. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.